It's interesting that many speak of Psalm 23's table, the one prepared in front of David's enemies, as though it's one that encourages a display of prosperity in the sight of his detractors and haters. It seems to portray a particularly localized and exclusive goodness of God, while contrasting starkly against the misfortunes of those who dare to oppose the king. I'm not sure I see it that way. There are a few illustrations that make reference to a theme of eating at the table, which I think are important to my understanding of the Christian orientation concerning this metaphor. Firstly, the prodigal son, when coming to his senses, remembered that in his father's house, even the servants ate well. They ate better than he did among the pigs. So he decided that he will humble himself and return home to have access to good food, even if he should have diminished rank in his former inheritance. He reasoned that his lowly status would not deprive him from receiving the blessings that could be within his proximity. This segues nicely into the second narrative, a dialogue between Jesus and the Syrophoenician woman. In it, Jesus ignores her pleas for him to heal her sickly child. Eventually, he is urged to respond to her, prompted by the irritation of his disciples at her incessant nagging. He curtly informs her that the children's bread must not be thrown to the dogs. This metaphor refers to the fact that his primary mission was to Israel and not its neighbors. Her response is one of the most remarkable rebuttals in the Bible. And I quote, Yet even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Close quote. The derogation of her Canaanite people by the Israelites for hundreds of years does not preclude her from even the smallest blessing. Again, in the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, we see a reversal of fortune in the hereafter. The beggar, Lazarus, sat beneath the rich man's table to eat scraps from the feast on top. In this parable, the dogs keep him company through his affliction. Strangely, though the dogs lick Lazarus's sores in this life, the rich man has to plead for a little drop of water to cool his tongue in the next. In any case, it's clear from this parable that God seeks to comfort those who are marginalized and overlooked. Those who do not have a seat at the table are invited, like the poor and destitute in the highways and byways after the original friends of the king rejected his son's wedding invitation. Remember that the breaking of bread with fellow people is not always an exercise of convenience. Jesus, having just lost his cousin brother, a concept we'll explain when we talk about inheritance later on, looks on the faces of the crowds that followed his disciples and has compassion on them. He sees them hungry and commands his disciples to feed them. Given their meager resources, he performs a miracle to make what they have sufficient. In his own sorrow, looking for a chance to mourn and pray, he still broke bread with those who came to engage with him. At least from Jesus' perspective, those in proximity to the table, though despised, dejected, and disposed of, are all welcome to join the meal that is prepared for its original guests. It's in this spirit that I called this podcast Isinkwa, the 
Nguni word for bread. Join me and my guests as we break bread on various topics concerning religion. It doesn't matter if you are a child of God, or a prodigal child, or a servant, or a slave, or a beggar, or an enemy of the gospel. Perhaps you're the dog sitting at our feet. I don't really care how I would characterize you, or how you might characterize yourself in relation to me or God. Please, grab a chair and a plate and dig in. We have lots to discuss. Live longer, and may your tribe increase. Thank you.